Hey guys, we have an exclusive interview that Mark and Talbot did with Breakfast with Bob while they were in Slovakia from the Collins Cup, and we have that episode for you here. This was the pre-show before the race, so enjoy and listen to the predictions because they're pretty dang close. Hey everybody, welcome to Breakfast Bob from the Challenge Championship and obviously the Collins Cup. We're brought to you by Master Spas, Hyper Ice Form a smart swim goggles. You can Hoka One One Clash USA, and of course our Challenge Athletes Foundation. This is the part of the week where we get to discuss what the hell's happening and how can you do that without Mark Matthews, Barry Shipley, and Talbot Cox? Because we will predict exactly what is going to happen tomorrow, to. and we're going to start with Talbot. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, you guys have been around all week and have been watching the athletes. So, first of all, do you guys dig like this whole format of basically we have 12 races? Uh, I think it's going to be fantastic. And, you know, we just came from the press conference and watching the trash talking. You wouldn't get that if there's 36 guys in a race, but when there's three of you and it's Mano versus Mano and, you know, you've maybe had a little bit of a past history with somebody. I think they've done a great job of getting the right matchup matchups. Yes. Know? Oh, I think the matchups are spectacular. Yeah, probably ten of the twelve are made in heaven, and the other yep. two will be spectacular when the day unfolds, uh, right. et cetera. So I think that's a really unique format. And many of these athletes have spent most of their career racing individually for themselves. Now to be a part of a team, you got to look Simon Whitfield in the eye. You have to, you know, look over and see, uh, you know, Norman Stadler or or right. Karen Smyers. They were champions. They know what it takes, and they're going to demand that from you as well. And you, now you're representing everybody else with that same color. I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, and Mark, from your perspective, what I enjoy about this is I like the fact that they brought the history in. That you've got Mark Allen here, you got Dave Scott and Lisa Bentley, and, and all these great legends. And I, I'm sure a lot of these kids have never heard of them. Who are who's this old guy wearing an outfit with me? Right. Yeah, but yeah. but just the fact that the the the, the they're learning a little bit, and it's not like they're, anybody's coaching anybody, but they're, what they're doing is they're finding out who these guys are, and they're also saying they're all pretty damn fit. Yeah. All right? Yeah. They're so fit, and they love the sport. Yeah, I mean, down the swimming pool at the moment, all the team captains, the managers are all, I think they're doing more swimming than the athletes racing. Yes. There's a lot of speedo strutting going on from some of the old boys. It's good to see. And yeah, the history is great, and anything they can do to make this first event feel really special just promotes a future in this event. You know, if this one runs well, they get these big names in, then we could see this go the distance and become a staple of our sport. And that's, I think, what everyone wants. Absolutely. And, and Talbot, as somebody who's really, if we think about before COVID, we didn't have the Daytona. Uh, we didn't have the, you know, the, now that there are clash events down there and bringing the big names in and 1.15 million. If there's, if there's a positive of what's happened during this COVID period, I think the sport's going to another level. I mean, Super League is great. And what they're doing with PTO and here at, uh, at, in Samarin is pretty special. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that one thing that the sport really lacked going into COVID essentially was media focusing around the sport. First, we saw Super League come in. They really put a big media presence. Then uh, Challenge Daytona, the PTO Championship. And and I think that the more contenders there are to uh, push Ironman to do more media, push Challenge to do more media, the PTO, it, it only helps the sport of triathlon. That's something that the, the sport has really lacked. I mean, the only coverage ahead of Kona that you would see was breakfast with bob and 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 then now you start to all you needed by the way <laughs> exactly exactly and so and and now that it is growing and growing and all of us are coming together and especially with long course athletes short course athletes and then just 
all everyone competing against each other, I think it makes it where the sport will continue to flourish and grow. Those those groups you talked about, and you know, particularly kudos to Maca and the gang because yes. I think they were the first to kind of jump out and say, "Let's think outside of the box." And if you looked in Montreal three weeks ago, you know they had the eliminator format at the World Triathlon yep. race there. Uh, I've watched the media, you know, do more of those kind of little individual bios and that kind of stuff. And so I think that if everybody gets their ego out of the way and just realizes this is one still small sport. And those little tiny pieces that all add, whether you're winning, you know, at a challenge event or, in, you know, wherever here this weekend in, in Edmonton last weekend, these are all athletes that are phenomenal athletes whose stories really weren't always being told. Right. And, and the more that that gets out there, the more that an inspired person goes, wow, you know, there, there's a mother, there's a person who, you know, Nicholas Spirik, a law, right. you know, has a law degree, three kids, five Olympic games. How, how special is that? Well, and if you look at like just the U.S. team, we've got three moms. And then we've got the two, you know, you got Taylor Nib, who's 23 years old, coming off of getting a silver medal in the Olympics. And yeah, it's it, and just seeing how the makeup of these teams is so unique. That's what I love about it. And uh, Mark, you know a lot about the European team. So you want to talk a little bit about, obviously, the, the greatest woman on the planet is, is, is Kat Matthews. So you can... <laughs> no you, personal bias there. No personal um, bias there. But well, Kat's, yeah, Kat's yeah. probably the, the lowest ranked member of her team. But what's, what's incredible about the European team is the lowest ranked member of the team qualifying, Kat, was still in the world rankings, ranked ahead of the first American. So that's the strength and depth that Europe have. Right. Um, which makes that team really hard to get into. So as this event goes forward, hopefully there's a bit more of a balancing act because right. clearly the 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th choice Europeans, if they're on any other continent, they're making the team for this. Right, no question. So that's the strength and depth Europe are looking at. What I think has made it brilliantly exciting is those two captain's picks from America because I cannot wait to see Taylor Nibrace and Katie DeFiris. Without that, the US, I think, were struggling across the board potentially. Yes. But with those two, it, it, not it changes only, things. Yeah, and they might not win. But they'll certainly make it exciting. Well, yeah, and it's funny because I was just talking to Katie, and she, you know, she got a TT bike this week, and has been on it twice. And you know, in her mind, I mean, this is a long race. She's an Olympic distance athlete, and a lot of times they're doing sprints rather than Olympic distance. And it, so she's like, okay, it's basically I'm doing 17k yeah. times four. <laughs> right? I've done that before. I've done 17k before, so I can do 17k times four. And she didn't get with, go with a real radical position, right? So she's okay. And Taylor's riding a road bike. Yeah, she looks good on that road bike there. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, she's up against arguably the strongest female cyclist in the history of our sport. So Daniela, um, should we? Yeah, so that first match will be yeah, interesting. Let's, 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 let's go let's through matches. Yeah. matches yeah. Okay, we'll start with you, Talbot. What do you think on match one? I mean, it, it's going to be such an interesting race because I think a lot of people know that Daniela hasn't been on the form that she's usually been on. We haven't seen her race in quite some time other than the 70.3 she most recently did. Mm. But one other athlete has been on a complete hot streak, just like what Mark has hit, and I believe this is her fifth weekend in a row of racing, is Taylor Nibb. And what will be the biggest deciding factor in this race is Thorson and his ratings, he had Daniela and Taylor Nibb swimming together, which we know that that won't happen. Yeah. Taylor will be way up the road, but it will be the gap that she has out of the water that will be a deciding factor against Daniela on, on the race field, I would guess. And I think people are going to underestimate, like she just ripped it up in a half Ironman in the last month leading into the, you know, during her Olympic experience, 
going to Edmonton and dominating. I mean, you know, that race unfolded in perfection for her to win the final race in Edmonton uh, two weeks ago. But the reality is she literally rode away from the Flora Duffies and others of the world who became a bit more tactical. But if you look at her career, she won two world junior titles riding away from a pack. She won an under-23 world riding away from a pack. Then she wins the race in Edmonton riding away from the best women in the world. I would not underestimate, you know, as great as Danielle Arif is, and, you know, she's on a tuned-in aero bike. We know how spectacular she is. Taylor's going to give her a very good run for her money on that bike, and then, you know, we'll see what, what, who has the run legs when they get out there. So, but how about Teresa Adam, who's... Well, uh, so Teresa, it's unfortunate for Teresa, I think, in this race, because she's maybe the strongest cyclist in the world. She could probably ride with Daniela in a lot of circumstances, and she's an exceptionally good swimmer. Um, she really is a very good swimmer. Teresa Adam is more likely, I think, to hold Taylor Nib in the swim than Daniela. Mm-hmm. And if those two ride together, Daniela's in trouble. Unfortunately, Teresa, I can't see running with those other two. Okay. So I think she's got to work cut out for her if she doesn't have a significant lead off the bike, would be my take. Yeah, my, my thought was it would be Daniela Reef and Taylor Nib in second and, and, and uh, Teresa Adam in third. What do you guys think? That's yeah, what your betting money is. Yeah, who, who did you make for your pick? I had Daniela and then Taylor second and then Teresa Adam. I'm going to stick with the ITU kid and, and go Good. with go with uh, I like with, it with uh, Taylor just to appreciate how damn talented she is, and she's still got some long distance gene in her with her mom being like one of the best ever age group iron woman. Yeah. So it's not like she doesn't understand what going long looks like. But I think you probably remember this in Edmonton. I think it was 2017. <laughs> she went off with Flora. Yes, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, she, yeah. She's she got a, a podium. She's a special athlete. You know. Cornell, 4.0 grade point average, ran and swam at the university. I mean, if you wanted to look at retiring today, she would have a resume that most people would die for, and she's 23. (laughs) Yeah, and the funny part with Cornell, she didn't want to go to Cornell because I think she had 10 family members who went to Cornell. (laughs) And she was like, I'm going somewhere else. But then I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go to Cornell. I think it'll be fine. So do you guys want to go through? Go, Should we like do go? match seven, Bob? So we do one women, one men? Yeah, great idea. You so, start. Yeah, so match seven. You That's have... going to be a tough one for you to pick. Uh, you might think about that for a while. <laughs> the goat. Um, <laughs> Jan Fredino stepping up to the plate. I, I, I think the others have obviously got their work cut out for them. I spoke to Sam Long the other day. He's, he's right in saying it almost feels unfair that they've chucked Sam Appleton in that mix as well because Apo can definitely swim with Fredino. He's yes. one of the best in the game. And Sam Long definitely can't swim with those boys, no. unfortunately. So that gap could be very big. And I could see Sam Long getting third, but I think he'll get second. I think he'll run Sam Appleton down. Yeah. But if Sam Appleton gets a toe from the bullet that is Fredino, this race could go away from Sam Long quite quickly, I think. It's funny because we were t- I was talking to Sam Appleton yesterday and he says, he says, you know, we're talking about Survivor, the TV show. He says, there's going to be some deals going on out there because yeah. if, if Frodo and I work together in the swim and get as big a gap as possible on, on Sam, then all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting points. In, even if Jan beats me, I'm getting points in second. Right, and we're taking stuff out of Sam, so it'll be interesting. I personally think for Dano, Sam Long, Sam Appleton. That's what I've bet. Yeah, that's what I bet too. And if if you are uh, want to join in with us, the PTO has a fantasy ranking. Uh, Join in on that, and I'll give you an easy match win. Jan Ferdino, the guy has not been beat since 2017, and if you were to pick anyone else to win. It's, you're tossing your money away. You're yeah. tossing your money away. Exactly. And for watching, you just go to collinscup.com or the PTO website, right? Yeah, PTO website or on their mobile app, which you can download on Android and Apple. So, okay. Yeah. So you want to go then Lucy Charles, Paul Finley, Katie Zafaris. Well, 
Ah, yeah. It's exciting. And the reason I think it's really good is having seen Lucy race that Leeds World Cup race, which maybe my the most impressive triathlon performance I've seen in recent years as a debut. I mean, One she, minute behind Flora. Yeah. She was in fifth and Flora was fourth and Flora won the gold medal. And, and if you take a look, it was really probably lost on her transition. Yes. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. If you actually just put her swim and her bike at a run together, she's probably a podium athlete on the day and lost a bit in transition and that can be easily fixed. Yes. Uh, how spectacular to be able to go from the shortest distance to the longest distance and be right in the money, you know, right fighting for it right from the beginning. I mean, I've got a, I've been hearing rumors, I'm not sure how accurate it is, but I would not be afraid to be seeing her in Paris. No, that's, that's her goal. She's yeah. been quite open about it this week. And what's fascinating to me is if you're talking about a great year, oh. right? And you talk about her being, what, one or two seconds away from making the 1500 team for the UK yeah. in swimming. She, yeah, she what she did in Leeds, what she did in the Super League event, right? Second in Super Leagues and Leeds, and then what she's going to do here. It's been an amazing season for her. But then taking her on, you have Paula Finlay, who's obviously our Daytona champion. Yes. She's been injured for a while. She Paula, has. And I don't think she's, she's the Paula we saw in Daytona. No. So unfortunately, I think she's probably bringing the rear of this race, possibly, which says something about the standard that race she's going into. It, I and think, then you've got yeah. Katie Zafiris, who, you know, earned her slot on the US team amongst some controversy, put all the doubters to bed in right. the Olympics. And we can see her on a time trial bike. She's got some power, hasn't she, on a flat course as well. The, the other thing yeah. to, to watch, if it ever comes down, and I said this in Edmonton, and you know, she was back in about sixth place, if it comes down to 300 meters to go, look out for this woman. Her steeplechase from yep. Syracuse, her competitive drive, and she ran through two or three people in the last 400 meters in Edmonton. So you know, with only three athletes, you'll know how hard you have to push, but K- Katie's you know, definitely is one of those athletes who I think will be a world-class half Ironman type athlete mm-hmm. when she makes the, the ultimate decision. Can I ask, do you think she can hold Lucy in the swim? Because that's no, what she wants no, to do. She no, can, she, she can't can. hold Lucy in the swim. It's going to be three distinct different... I think this will be an interesting race and a hard one to obviously do some of the commentary because Lucy's going to be off the road, you know, and I think you're right. I think if this was Paula Finley of last year, oh, yeah. it would be frightening. Uh, I just don't get the same vibe from Paula right now that, that she's ready for that kind of a race, bought a house, had some injuries, made some moves. Yeah, there's you know, a lot going yeah, on. And she's a professional. She's going to show up and, and be a great part of the history of this team. But I think that we're not seeing the Paula Finley of last December. Yeah, and what's interesting with Katie is you think about she, you know, she didn't, she was at the test event in, in Tokyo and crashed, right? And this is... Back in, in Rio, we were hoping that she would qualify a year out. And then you can focus on your sponsors and getting ready. And the same thing happened this time. She crashed, got 23 stitches in her mouth, broke her nose, and then came back to win and finish number one in the world a yeah. couple of weeks later. So she's incredibly talented. Mentally tough girl. Right. Yeah. And then Yokohama, you thought that you know, she would get, get it there. But her dad passed away, seriously, a month before. Yeah. And she had to come and quarantine. And it's think about trying to get your focus back so i, I what, talked yeah. to joel filial because i was trying to make my decisions how competitive do i think she was going to be at the olympics and he said look she's back doing the kinds of sets yes. that that you know with a month to go she's she'll be a she'll factor. be fine yeah and so i wasn't surprised to see her fighting it out for a medal yeah and you think about it if you look at the consistency she was yeah. fifth in the world, fourth in the world, third in the world, second in the world, first in the world, and this year she's sixth in the world. I said, Katie, nobody else has a one, two, three, four, five, six. She goes, yeah, but I'm, I'm trending the wrong way. And I said, yeah, but you got a bronze medal. She'll, she'll, be, she'll be back for sure. <laughs> what do you think, Talbot? 
Oh, most definitely. And I think a lot of things that people are forgetting is Katie is one of the strongest riders in the ITU field. Yes, she, is. she was one of the most aggressive one uh, in Tokyo at the front of that pack. She knew that she needed to take the run out of the, a majority of the girls' legs, mm-hmm. and she did do that. And they held off that group behind them that would have more than likely ran through them. So don't underestimate her bike. Uh, she will definitely be up there. Yeah. So my guess would be Lucy Charles Barkley, Katie Zafaros, Paul Finley. You guys. That's my, yeah. Yeah, we all Same way that. agree on that one, yeah. Then we get to, oh, we'll go over this side. Gustav Eiden and Kyle Smith. And we have um, Colin, I forgot. Chaudier. Yeah, Chaudier, yeah. Just yes. kept coming in for Rudy, yeah. Yeah, and what's fascinating, with, with I just met Colin, and he's into ski mountaineering, something like that's an Olympic yeah. winter sport. I had no idea. He's a, a really interesting guy, isn't he? He yeah. seems to do a bit of everything. Yeah, there's, I mean, I think he's one of these guys that is just a great athlete. And as he starts to refine his skills, I mean, what an opportunity. He was going to be racing for, you know, one twentieth of the cash yes. on Sunday. Now he's in the big show. Um, what a, you know, life is about opportunities. And sometimes you come in, he's got no pressure. He's, None. You know, nobody's expecting anything. He hasn't, you know, had to kind of do all the media lead up. And he could, you know, be one of those guys who could maybe steal something. But, boy, he's in tough with a really spectacular group yeah. here. So what do you think in terms of the... Oh, Gustav Eden, though, yeah. isn't it? I mean, he's one of these super diverse, talented athletes. He's so relaxed here. His brother's out with him as sort of his coaching, training. Oh, nice. they're, they're great guys. They're, they're just so social. Um, but he's very, very talented. Um, Kyle Smith, though, is a serious, serious swim-bike combination right. weapon, I would describe him as. And all of these Southern Hemisphere guys can swim. So... Gustav will be looking to try and hold the feet off. He would have had his work cut out with him with Rudy and Kyle, but Colin's not the swimmer that Rudy is. Right. So I think Gustav will try and hold Kyle Smith, and he will happily sit on him in the bike if it comes to it, because he knows he's got him in the run, yeah. tied up. Unfortunately for Colin, who is an exceptionally good runner, I just think he's going to have too, too much work back. cut out for him. So I'm going to go Gustav, Kyle Smith, Colin, personally. I, I, I don't want to keep agree. agreeing with yeah. you, but I have to have good. to go with that. Good, right? yeah, we go. Yeah. 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 Oh, you're agreeing with him? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, 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 I disagree. Said, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So now we slide over to, uh, look at the runners, Annie Hogg, uh, Jeannie Metzler, and Jackie Herring. Most, I, which, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it's, it, this is, we just left the press conference. This is the race of the runners. Um, when, when I look at it, I mean, it, when they announced this race, I got super excited. I was like, we are going to see one of the fastest uh, run splits on the day, uh, definitely in this match. Yeah. Um, I would say the interesting thing will be Jeannie is a, they're all not the best swimmers. Um, and so they are all very well evenly matched. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a very interesting race. Uh, Jackie just recently raced. Uh, Jeannie was on, showed she's on pretty fine form at Boulder 70.3. Yeah. Um, and Anna, I know that she really struggled when she got COVID. Um, she got COVID, tested positive, wasn't sick. And then about a month later, she struggled for about two months of finally coming around. Mm-hmm. She most recently raced, uh, mark my bill to back me, that 70.3 against Nicola Spearig. Yeah. And, and she got roasted. Yeah, but she got she, schooled. Yeah, she got schooled, but she is back at fine form, had a chat with her at the pool. So this will definitely be an interesting matchup. It Let's be honest, be. though. Who hasn't been schooled by Nicholas Spearig at some point? Men and women. What was fascinating is Annie actually ended up with, um, with, uh, with COVID diabetes. All right, it, which was really, yeah, it's it's temporary, but she was pretty messed up for a while. But it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, my guess, 
I would bet Annie Hogg, just in the way it is, Jeannie Metzler, Jackie Herring. Yeah, and I think they're they're probably quite fortunate that Annie Hogg and Jeannie Metzler are are racing each other and not some of the more bike power girls, because this is a very flat, very fast course where it's it's basically your power divided by your aerodynamics. And some of the the ladies racing, like Lucy, like Rife, like Teresa Adams, on this course could put a lot of time on the bike into Anne Haug and Jeannie Metzler but they don't have to worry about that in this format so we get to see a a running race you know if you look back Andy's had some tough times in those big races with unfortunate things whether it was technical or whatever the 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 calls that kind of thing so so, you know I think she's she's going to want to pull out something big here and now when you take away the October race that's not happening you know, I think a lot of athletes are going to mentally get themselves into wanting to kind of pull out a major win, you Absolutely. know, even if it's just against two other athletes. And, and, and what, one good bike performance that stands out on Annie is you and I were both in Oceanside when she raced against Holly. Yeah. And Holly came off the bike thinking that she was going to be miles ahead of Annie. Annie Which caught her there. really quick. Uh, I think she came off the bike 20, 30 seconds down, passed her. Holly crossed the finish line and said, Holy blank. I didn't know she could ride as well. So she can, ride. She she can, can definitely ride. She was just in a wind tunnel doing all sorts of testing. And, you know, that's what's great about champions is they find out. They never what give up. Weak, they, well, they, they, change, they, they change. They adapt to. Yeah. They get beat on the bike. It's okay. I better figure that out. I got to be closer. And one thing a lot of the, the people watching won't know is the suits that they're wearing. So, obviously, each team is, has a different suit sponsor. Um, and these suits make a huge difference in the sport more so than probably wheels whatever it might be yeah and Anne Haug is sponsored by Hoob and Hoob are the suits sponsoring the European so team. she's used to the fit so so yeah. Anne's in the suit that she normally races in that fits and she's aero tested on and that that does make a difference that's interesting level. yeah that's a very about that. very cool pull so the next guys of course can't ride the bike either uh <laughs> Sebastian Keenley Lionel Sanders Andrew Starkowitz uh, mic those boys up because that's what I want well they did uh, about 20 minutes ago I mean uh, they were the most interesting part of the press conference I mean oh, yeah. of course they you know they they each had their own I mean Sebastian's that generous you know fun kind of guy but always acknowledging the, the talent and then Andrew's in everybody's face etc but personally I'm interested to see I mean if he pulls this off, I might have to make a statue of Lionel Sanders. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm just, I mean, I literally was in Edmonton. I got up at 3.30 in the morning to watch the Copenhagen uh, coverage of the Ironman. You know, what a great race by Cam. What a, you know, what a great day by Lionel when he wasn't feeling 100% to still pull off. 2.43. Yeah. A month after doing an Ironman. And a 7, you know, 7.49, you know, whatever, just after having done the race with Jan yeah. and, and so forth. So my, I watched them uh, try to pull him up onto the two-foot pond, you know, podium. Literally, he looked like an 86-year-old man trying to get up to get his medal and had to get up and then on his bum to get down. I'm going, okay, that's Sunday. Monday's worse. Tuesday's worse. Wednesday, you're moving. The race is Saturday. I mean, I've seen him do some frightening things, but I, I just want to see yeah. what his legs look like. Uh, and me, for me, I'll be interested. Where does this swim go? How, how close to Starkey after all this good hard work he's been doing? Um, it'll be interesting because some of the people have been used to having another person around you in the swim. When yeah. there's only three, you could be three individual guys out there. I think this race will be three individual swims, yeah. probably. People underestimate how well Starkey swims. Oh, he's, he's a good swimmer. Fourth and a water polo player. But you know what's it? interesting? I chatted with him in here yesterday, and I said, how's your swim? And he goes, I have not been swimming at all. Okay. I used to swim with the kids, like with all the kid yeah. programs. Yeah. And because of COVID, he hasn't been allowed to swim. So he's been letting his wife go swim instead. He goes, you know, my, my swimming's crap right now. So Well, that could be a, an I, that's I, interesting that's insight. Why, yeah. That's why I, I looked at it and said, because uh, I thought he would just go, right? He'd be, unless he's, he could be blowing smoke, too. We yeah. know him a little bit. 
and, and, and we haven't seen him race much other than the PTO race in Williamsburg uh, due to his controversy with Iron yeah, Man. Yeah. He doesn't race any of the Iron Man events anymore. So it will definitely be uh, interesting to see him go. Yeah. I wonder if their combined average power will be more than 1,000 watts. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. Yeah. I think that's probably that, quite that, We should do a bet over or under 1,000 watts. Yeah. So oh, one, one thing I would definitely look out for, I was talking with Lionel. He, uh, we ate, had dinner the other night, and he said, I was up there running on that blinking path, and Starkey comes by and slaps me on the butt as hard as he could, and I didn't even know what it was. And Lionel said that if he catches him on that run, he is going to smack him so hard. And he wants all the cameras to be behind when he passes him and drops him. So that'll be interesting. So I think we might have different picks on this one. So should we go? What do we reckon? I'm I'm going Sebastian and Lionel and Starkey. Yeah, me too. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm suffering whether or not Lionel's the juice. I mean, I, I think he's going to have the swim, and for the short distance of a bike ride, I think he'll be fine. I'm just curious on his run legs. But, you know, when I talk to him, he's a runner. That's what he still sees himself as, yep. as a runner. I'm going to take him for the win in this race. Good. Um, and, and I think that, you know, he'll have nothing to lose and everything to win because everyone will, if he comes third, people go, dude, he just did a 749. Exactly. Yeah. He's playing so, with house money. Yeah, no and question. so I, I'm going to take him to win. And Sebastian, I mean, they've had this epic battle here. Lionel yep. just said, hey, I'm two for oh with you on this course. And so he'll go three for oh, and I think Starkey will just give everything he's got and be the third man across the line. And I'm guessing this this is the handicap race. Uh, Lionel hasn't been doing a bunch of training. I mean, it is race, recover, race, recover, race, recover. Uh, due to uh, conflict of interest and financial reasons, I would be uh, in deep water if I did not pick my boy Lionel Sanders for the win. So I got Sebi third and uh, Starkey coming in. Or sorry, Sebi second, Starkey coming in third. So I represent Katie Zafaris, and I still took her second. Oh. <laughs> and I think she would. Yeah, she'd be surprised if she beat Lucy. Okay. So Holly. Holly. And, and Holly Lawrence, Ellie Salthouse, and Sky Monch, and there's of course no juice at all between Ellie and uh, and, and Holly, right? It was interesting watching. I mean, I've heard the little rumors that there's a little bit of friction. Oh, and there's then, just not a rumor. Well, no, but then they, they kind of were, were cute starting off with it. You know, it was a little bit of an issue. Kevin asked the question in the press conference, and then Holly got right in, in their face, <laughs> and she said, no, that's not how it came down. So... It's clear that there's still some irritation there, and, yes. and you know what? Like Sky might benefit a little bit by the other two women having a, a go to go to go at each other, etc. Right. But uh, I'm I'm curious. What what's your thoughts here? I mean, obviously it's three I, talented women. Well, in this I think field. this is one of the tightest for the win. I think, I, unfortunately, I don't think Sky will quite be there because I don't think her swim is strong enough, and I do think those other two ladies could yep. take it away from her. And I'm not sure she can run with them. She can certainly ride with those. Ladies. Oh, no question. And over the Ironman distance, I think she's she's a stronger athlete. So it's then Holly and Ellie, and that is a close call. I think Holly, um, then Ellie, then Sky, and I really think it honestly it comes down to like detail. Like, I think Holly's bike position is much better than Ellie's. I believe Ellie's bleeding what's on the bike. It's a tiny take, but that's right. that's that's what I'm having to look for to pick this race. No, and I, I like the fact that Holly's coming off of. She really had a great race at Alcatraz, right? And she, mm-hmm. she had a great race in, in Des Moines, and she's been, she's been on a little bit of a roll lately. And uh, I think when you look at Ellie, 
she's been racing well, but against not quite that same level yeah. of competition. And who Holly lost to was the woman who's probably the hottest on the circuit right now, Emma, Emma yeah. Pellett Brown. She, she can't so, lose a race, yeah. can she? Yeah. yeah. I'm going Holly, Ellie, Sky. Something interesting on the PTO website, when you look at their rankings, it, it will say they're most likely to be rivals. And it's so funny because Holly and Ellie are massive rivals. Uh, and I used to have a uh, great, great friendship with Ellie. And I can tell you right now, it has been a rival since day one. They have always gone at each other's throats. Holly has always bested Ellie, but Ellie really struggled with a hamstring injury. Yep. Uh, I chatted with Ellie just the other day at lunch. This is her first time in four years that she was able to do a proper training camp, completely injury-free, uh, and she said that she's in the best shape of her entire career. That's so great. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Ellie besting Holly, Love and it. I think when she crosses the line, she's going to say karma yeah. is a blank, which is what was said yeah. to Ellie in France. Well, what I don't think they night. realized, what, what I don't think Holly realized is, you know, when, I mean, she the, the story goes that Ellie uh, passed the group at Nice and then cut in early and then had a bike problem, was out. But I, Holly had no idea that Ellie basically had been living in Nice for six weeks. That was the race of her life, and she mm-hmm. thought she was race of her life. And it, then basically, you know, karma's a bitch. <laughs> and she wasn't very happy with that. But I, I just, um, I, I think that's a great call. I think it really can go either way. I, I'm going to follow here with, with the Ellie Holly sky. I, I think, you know, Ellie's, Lisa Bentley, like someone said, you know, the coaches really aren't doing that much coaching. Lisa Bentley is doing coaching. She is Lisa Bentley of old. She is thinking about technical things. She's motivational things. She was down at the water this morning. She's been in everybody's face. I mean, you know, I think all of the captains are doing a great job. I think Lisa Bentley is just showing what made Lisa Bentley so great. She had modest talent, and so she found the little tiny things Mm -hmm. in her career. And I'm very impressed watching right now. And I think she's gonna she's gonna get Ellie, you know, just fired up for this race. But it's it's probably gonna be the closest one. Yeah. Daniel Backegaard, uh, Max Newman, Ben Canute. Great race again. So they're all very good swimmers. Um, yes. We know Daniel Backegaard's had some injuries early in the year, but he's he's fighting fit. Max Newman hasn't raced in quite a long time, even though he's been in Europe, because he's carrying injuries. So he's probably back to fitness, but he hasn't raced. And then Ben Knut's on really, really good form. Um, they can all swim very, very well. Yep. Daniel Backergaard's a former yeah. pro swimmer. Right. Um, Max can probably hang on that group. You know, he gets out the water sort of 25 seconds down on Josh Amberger over an Ironman. You're a That's great good. swimmer. Yeah. Um, and then the bike hits off. I, I think because Max Newman is an unknown and potentially still injured... I'm going to call him for third. Yes. I'm going to take Daniel Backegaard mm-hmm. for the win because I think he's a thoroughbred in terms of natural talent and drive. And I think Ben Canute, unfortunately, might be the silver child again. But you're not going yeah, to agree. Yeah, I'm giving Ben. I'm going to go with Max in third, as you said. But uh, Ben Canute is a gamer. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he will either, Ben will either win or come third because he doesn't go for second. He goes off the front. He tries to race for the front. If someone's there, he's going to go with them. And I think that, you know, I think there's a bit of a frustration that he didn't get picked for that Olympic team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, you know, we, he loves being on a team. He's had all those American medals for the mixed team racing in his career. I think he's in the right age category. And he, he will be right out of the water with Daniel. And then I think, you know, he's going to go with him, whoever can manage. And I can tell you, every race I watch Ben, if there's three to 400 meters left in the race, oh. he's bringing guys back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this could literally be him and Daniel you know, coming down with 400 meters to go because yeah. neither guy is letting each other go. I think it could be awesome. Uh, you know, I don't know enough 
uh, about uh, Max, whether or not he's, you know, where's level. He's yeah. a new guy to me, so I'll take your advice that he's, he's a, not coming he's in with a serious hundred. cyclist. Yeah, yeah. By the way. He's, a, he's a very, very, very good athlete. It's only the injury. Yeah. yeah, Ben's coming off of his fourth Alcatraz win. Yeah. Uh, he's he's on fire, but I just, you know, I'm watching Daniel at um, uh, St. George. And uh, the penalty and the whole bit, but he was right there. Um, I he's a talent, and I think Daniel, my and Daniel Ben Max. But I think that you know Ben is that type of athlete, and he could yeah. he could win this, this thing as well. This could be another close one. This yeah. could be a really a close one. I like it. Okay, uh, Emma Palin Brown, Sarah Crawley, and Chelsea Sadaro. Well, Emma has been so impressive. I mean, you know, when you watch somebody three years ago and two years ago and you go, wow, that was a big quantum leap. And then you see another quantum leap, you go, oh, my God. You know, so it's been impressive. And there's a confidence when you start seeing another win and another win and another win. Uh, Like it's hard pressed to see it not being just her dominating Mm -hmm. in maybe the fastest time of the entire day. I don't think people are going to worry about do I have the fastest time of the entire day, but for some that you know the final rankings might have yeah. some value um, I think that she's going to be in a spectacular place I know that Chelsea's a, a phenomenal runner I'm not quite sure in terms of coming back from, from a baby, you know, baby and yeah, all of yeah. that kind of stuff and COVID so it's a little bit more difficult for me how do you see between Sarah and, and Chelsea exactly coming back from giving birth just almost five months ago now yeah otherwise it's a it's Chelsea wins I, I, Chelsea would beat Sarah Crowley every day of the week over this distance and I still think she will actually her performance um, a few weekends ago over 70.3 was pretty solid considering I mean four months post giving yeah. birth and you're qualif- qualifying for the Collins Cup yeah. Emma Pallant-Brown yes yeah, she changed coaches to Tim Don she sorted her bike position out because she was terrible before I'm a good friend of Emma so I can say it her bike position was awful and she's worked really hard on some kit and stuff so she rides away from it doesn't she yes. I think yeah the fact that she just like just went by Holly Lawrence like she was standing still at Alcatraz I just think she's on a another plane Uh and Boulder yeah right yeah and I go Emma Pallant Brown Sarah Crowley Chelsea Sidero okay so I'm going Sidero Crowley perfect and it's interesting because and we'll see it in the men's race with Joe Skipper not underestimating Sarah Crowley she is a phenomenal iron distance racer I mean Two third places in Kona, yeah. I believe. Yep. Um, phenomenal. This distance does not suit someone like short. her. A little too yeah. short. So I, I would have to agree. I think uh, what, an interesting thing in this race, though, is I see Emma Pallant Brown being so far up the road that they get a lot of points from this race. Yeah. That could be massive for Team mm-hmm. Europe. This is um, a bonus point race. This is for a sure. massive bonus point race. I think it, she has definitely looked over, but. And, and if you want to see what the gap would be, you could go to Boulder 70.3 results and look at Emma's uh, distance from her to Chelsea Sodaro, who recently raced. Right. The, the one thing I will say from a Sarah Crowley perspective, she, and I, you know, it's hard to say to somebody, hey, you're, you look as fit as I've seen you sure. look. She looks as fit as I've ever seen her look. I think she's in a great place. But I, has, her, has her strength been at that short stuff, though? I mean, because, no. you know, you could be fit for six, seven, eight hours of racing and right. not quite as fit for three and a half hours. Exactly. I still think Emma Pallant Brown's in a different yeah. galaxy. So I think we're all in agreement there. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. We move over to Patrick Lange, Braden Curry, Matt Hansen. Great race. Um, so it, I would be amazed if Patrick and Braden hadn't had a conversation 
because for them, they can swim together and they can mm -hmm. ride together and they don't want to get off the bike with Matt Hansen. No. So if those two don't work together, I'd be really surprised and then have a, sh have a running race. Poor old Matt Hansen can't swim with them. Talbot's told me he got in a car crash yesterday yes. on his bike. Yeah. yeah, I think that yesterday he T-boned a car at some point and he is all right. Was Nothing was hurt or anything like that. He dented the crap out of the car, but... He is all right, but and he struggled with injuries. So I, I think, yeah. unfortunately, I would say that we are not going to see the Daytona right. Matt Hansen. But I would definitely say uh, I would put him at third. Um, Patrick has just been in another league. Uh, Mark can probably touch on that a bit more. Yeah, Patrick's. I think maybe the person most upset. Kona's been postponed. He's, oh, he was he's so on ready. Unbelievable form and shape. After Tulsa, he was truly phenomenal. He won by more than the men's race than Daniela won the women's race. Well, how he, often does that And happen? he rode 417. Yeah. Which and, he, and then and people ran, thought that was his weakness. Yeah, and he pulled turns on that as well. Yeah. So I think Patrick wins. Um, though he's not as good at this shorter distance. Right. And Braden is a very good athlete. But I go Patrick, Braden, Matt. Okay. Do, do you see, um, you know, for most of these people in their preparation, they would have either known that, you know, they're racing Kona or they're not in Kona. So, you know, they would have had to factor Hawaii into that. So with such a short notice you know, you can't really modify your training. You would have been putting those long training blocks in, et cetera. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if a few of these athletes who weren't focused on going to Hawaii, it wasn't their race, they hadn't qualified, and they're very good shorter distance. As in this case, you know, is Braden maybe having done some more shorter speed stuff and, you know, Patrick was looking to try to win Hawaii and so his mileage was long, mm. not that shorter difference. I mean, I don't think there's going to be a big difference between Patrick and Braden in the no. overall race. I could see less than 90 seconds. Oh, yeah. I know. think it's a running race. It comes down to those two. You are right. Patrick isn't the snappiest of runners. He's a very economical runner. He does over, very well over, in the heat. Over two and a half hours. But, yeah. But I still think he gets the job done. So and, you, you guys are Patrick Lange, Braden Curry, Matt Hannison. Yeah. Yeah. It's really because I had uh, I was choosing Matt, but I didn't know about the car crash. That's a little well, you shouldn't have told him we want we want Bob's money. You shouldn't have told him. <laughs> to the... I haven't I haven't put my official. Bob and I are there. on Team USA. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I like this. So I haven't I like made this. my final decision yet, but that, I'll. Uh, I think that's that's those are good calls. Okay. We go down to our final race. Cat Matthews, Carrie Lester, Jocelyn McCauley. I don't know anything about these athletes. Yeah, I was going to say. You, you got to give us the inside here. We got the expert next to us. Um, 249 marathon. I think that's yeah, all you got to say so, at the end of Ironman. Like, if it was anyone else, I'd sit here and say Cat's been injured. She hasn't been running and that sort of thing. But she doesn't run big volume anyway. And as soon as she bangs a couple of half an hour runs in, she comes back from it weirdly, like, completely fine, happy, ready to go. I think Cat wins this. And I think... If I'm honest, I think there's potentially bonus time points to be had here as well. Yeah. I think that could be quite a big margin because Carrie Lester and Justin McCauley are both excellent Ironman athletes, but they are Ironman athletes, as is Cat, but more so. They've also both raced quite a lot recently. Carrie Lester did Emberman, Emberman as yeah. well, and she did um, uh, yeah. uh, Lake Placid. Was it Coeur d'Alene? Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. yeah, and then Justin McCauley's just done Finland. So Anne had a baby. Anne had a baby. <laughs> so I think that sits Before in Before or after Finland? Uh, yeah, oh, I think it, yeah. during transition, <laughs> in tra between okay, bike just, and run. I mean, they're so impressive that you can't yeah. always just assume. But yeah, so I think Cat wins by quite a margin. I'm struggling to call the second and third, though. I've, I actually don't know. I, I'm calling Carrie for second and Jocelyn for third. Just yeah, because I, Carrie's, Sarah Carrie's such a strong runner. And Jocelyn as well, but again, baby. That's, that's what always sticks in my head. Yeah. <laughs> and coming off of a... Another Ironman. Yeah, kind of an Ironman two weeks ago. I, I, th I think the most impressive thing in this matchup is Jocelyn not only had a baby, but don't forget she did race Boulder 70.3. Yes. 
seven days later race Ironman Finland punched the Kona ticket uh, was not selected for Team USA actually uh, right. due to Heather Jackson stepping out uh, was in Europe kind of hanging out like am I going to get selected are you guys going to call me she flew over here has finished her training camp I would say that she's probably pretty exhausted she has the whole family here yes. I'm going to go with Kat for the win uh, I would say some bonus points Carrie and Jocelyn both have Ironmans in their legs uh, most recently full distance races uh, so I'll go Carrie for second and Jocelyn for third. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah okay. Moving there. on to Joe Skipper, Jackson Laundry, Justin Metzler. I interviewed all three of them yesterday and they were just talking about, we have raced each other a bunch, you know, we, we, we have sort of gone back and forth. I'm going to do the Canadian, uh, home, you know, home tour here with Jackson Laundry. I mean, first of all, he, he desperately wanted to be on this team. He had to go out, find races and know that the last race he went to, he couldn't just win it, he had to win it like in superb style. And you know, he looks really excited. I've seen him in the hotel the last couple of days. Um, for him, this is like his Hawaii Ironman, his Olympics, he's the young guy, got the start. Um, he's been on an upward climb and I'm just gonna be more emotional and probably not use you know, intelligence on this pick and, and take Jackson you know, for the win because I think it's the right distance for mm-hmm. him. He's swimming faster than he's ever swam. He's running very well off the bike right now. Um, he's healthy, you know, he had the terrible crash at Worlds a few years ago, but he's, you know, he's overcome all of that kind of stuff. And sometimes you just kind of find like, you know, this means more to me than to other people for various reasons. Right. They've won some big things. Yeah. I think for him, he, he find, he's in the big show and I saw him, you know, about an hour ago out of the press conference and said, look, you know, like this is your opportunity to put your face out there. So lots of people still don't know who you are. I've kind of heard the name, but you go out there and knock off a couple of these big guys and maybe have the eighth fastest, seventh fastest time of the day. Mm-hmm. On the men's side, people are going to have to look at you a yeah. second or a third time. Absolutely. And I, so Joe Skip is a, a very old friend. We raced when we were kids, and he just turned out to be much more talented. So that's why he's doing this, and I'm sat here talking about him <laughs> doing this. But I've, I've, I've called Joe wrong for basically every race he does. Whenever I do predictions, I tend to be quite good. But Joe, for some reason, I get wrong. And I picked him to come second in Ironman UK to be beat by Sam Laidlow. But Joe destroyed Sam on the run. And as he ran past me on the course, he looked at me in the eyes and he said, I told you so. I <laughs> so really, what, what's he predicting for himself this weekend? When has well, he told you? So I, on my predictions, I put up on social media, Jackson Laundry for the win, yeah. Joe second, and Justin Metz a third. And Joe messaged me within about 10 seconds of me posting it like, <laughs> duh, 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 he does not think he's getting beat. So... I'm going to pick Jackson Laundry, Joe Skipper, Justin Metzler. But if Joe beats Jackson, I'll be, I'll be happy to be you'll, you'll be eating some crow. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. I'm going uh, Joe Skipper and Justin Metzler for uh, second and Jackson Laundry third. Because Justin has been, he seems to be in a really good place. He got second at Coeur d'Alene. I know it's a full Ironman. But, man, when he gets that big body moving, he can, he can run. He can yeah. really, really run. But... I'm a huge Joe Skipper fan, and um, I, I think that, that he takes us. You? It, it, it'll be an interesting race. I mean, if you look at one thing when everyone that's playing the PTO fantasy game, ever, I've seen everyone's picks. Match six in the female side and match 12 in the male side are things that people are all over the board. They have no yeah. idea. Yeah, they no, have, well, like, big Mets yeah. winning. They'll have and, – and so for me, I, I've, I've seen a lot of these athletes – uh, Joe had a, an amazing comment in the press conference. If you didn't see it, you should go to it, scroll to the end, outside of the uh, Braden Curry jab at Patrick Lang. 
Um, but I, I, I'm going to go with Jackson Lowry for the win, just just like what Barry said. I think he's hungry. This is his Kona. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. about as motivated as Sam is. Uh, unfortunately, Sam won't take down the, the GOAT. Yes. But I'm going to go Jackson Lowry for the win, Skipper uh, in second, and uh, Big Mets in third. Okay, I, I, we'll go the same way. I definitely had Jackson. The other two guys, I was waiting to hear the good news from you boys, but we'll, we'll take it. And I'm not going to worry so much about uh, the legend's uh, choice here with, with oh, Joe for the win. So. so, interestingly, though, that's the first time we haven't pretty much all agreed on a European win. Yeah. So this could be the only race that stops Europe taking a clean sweep oh, of that's wins. That's right. Yeah. And well, that's on Jackson Laundry to make sure that Europe don't, don't well, you seal know what? the deal. How cool would that be to come down to the last race, you know, whatever. I think there's going to be a few things that haven't got factored in here. I think someone's going to have a flat tire. Absolutely. Somebody's going to, you know, whatever, yeah. make a bad mistake on a corner and maybe not finish the race. And then suddenly, you know, those five or six points that Europe was planning on could go to zero. Um, and that, that could be a big difference. And, you know, you've seen those, whether it's been Ryder Cup or Davis Cup tennis or whatever. It's something that guaranteed that there's our points. We got them in the bag before and Never. suddenly it doesn't yeah. happen. Exactly. So I, I think that as much as, as Norman and uh, the gang think that they're going to dominate, I, I think it could be closer it, than you think. It could be. It could yeah. be. Uh, I, and Mark, just a comment on that. I had two Americans winning. I have Ben Canute and I have Taylor Nib upsetting Riff. There you go. Yeah, so, I, have, I, have, I have Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I know how often Talbot's wrong. So, oh. team, team Europe, 11 points. Easy. But I do have Team Europe for the overall win, oh, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I actually think that down the road, this is, this is my little cue for the future, I would make it the Commonwealth instead of Europe. So put GB in with Canada and Australia New Zealand. I think that suddenly changes the dynamics massively. And if you really think, you know, like if you look back historically, the Commonwealth were a powerhouse for you know a decade in there with the Aussies and the Kiwis right. and you know the, some of the Canadian era and certainly the Brits going all the way back to Spencer and, and Lessing and those guys. I think that would be interesting if you got to start figuring out how do we make this closer. If you said Europe, uh, the Commonwealth, and then some combination that had America with whatever some other combination. Because yeah, at this point we're doing nothing with Latin America yeah, and nothing yeah. with yeah. Uh, with Asia. Yeah. So uh, down the line, there's going to be more than three, I think. Yeah, if it was Commonwealth, <laughs> Europe, and then the rest of the world, where obviously the Americans are going to be part of that dominating right, part. Right. But I think it's almost a bit unfair, personally, yeah. to put the USA. If this was 25 years ago, yeah. it was another different story, game. But, yeah. but the depth and where the racing's happening in the world, the growth of the young yes. athletes and so forth. Love it. And actually, if you looked at the the points, uh, the average rankings, if you put GB down as a team at the moment, in the second. women's race, yeah, they were, the women would average 13th ranking if you put right. the best six British women. The Americans would average 28th. Right. So the British women really bring that through. And yes. if you then drag both Brownlee brothers into this mix, yes. there's a better argument that GB should have their own team rather than Team USA. Yes. Commonwealth, though, looking yeah. forward, would be a really good It would be a fun, fun way. But, right. I mean, that's all the, the fun. I mean, how exciting this first time getting it off the ground you know, to oh. look around and see, you know, Dave and Mark and Karen and the legends wandering around, you know, and John and Judy Collins sent their video in. Right. You know, we've all had time with them and, and know their importance in this historical thing. I mean, I think every one of us that are here felt every time you go to a press conference or the cafeteria, you're a part of history. You know, you're, you're definitely part you're of history. It. And this feels to me as close to the Olympic Games as any part of my last, you know, kind of 20 years where proud to have the uniform on, eating together as a team, going out and doing yeah. a bit of training, press conference. 
it definitely has that Olympic feel. Love it. Holly Lawrence is about to marry an American, so you could pick up Holly Lawrence as an we American. Could. We Emma will Pallant Brown could go to be South African. There She's going to a South African. Miranda we could. Harfrey just recently became a U.S. citizen. Did she really? So we could bleed wow. some talent, donate like them it. to the American team. I like, it. I like it. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey guys, it's been fun. Yes. Appreciate it. Appreciate uh, Mr. Mark Matthews, Barry Shipley, Talbot Cox. Everybody, you want to be watching the CollinsCup.com or download the Collins Cup app or the PTO app. or And there's a lot of countries. Like I know Canada, CBC is streaming it on their, yep. on their national broadcaster. So I think, you know, just go to the website, find the easiest way. We literally, back at the little beach that I have all my athletes on, we have a six-hour uh, viewing party where there's a 2K swimming race. Everyone's bringing their wind trainers out in front of a 15-foot uh, big television screen on the beach. And they're going to be watching this race on Love their it. trainers on the beach going go jackson go paula go lionel so you know that's what you want to have around the world that kind of energy except we definitely will yeah. thank you everybody for tuning in and definitely watch the races it's going to be amazing thank you boys thank you thanks Bob.